ladies and gentlemen, the 29th film, I believe this has been, the 29th film in the MCU. And that is Thor, Love and Thunder. It's out this week, or now it's out. Made $143 million opening weekend, the highest grossing opening weekend for a Thor movie. Mm -hmm. And of course, like most other Phase 4 projects, no one can seem to agree on anything these days. (laughs) So we are all here to talk about it and all its great spoiler detail. Mm-hmm. Of course, Ben, we're not alone for our spoiler reviews. We have a random showing up here on our on our podcast episode for who nah, he's not a random, but he's always here for our spoiler reviews. Who's our guest today, Ben? It is the one and only great Zach Sells. How you doing? I'm doing great here to talk about some love, talk about some thunder and Natalie Portman's uh biceps. There it is. Okay. Yep. The real reason why we're all together today. <laughs> Just much. Something Natalie Portman for an hour and a half or so. <laughs> Okay, so here's how we're going to do this. We're going to actually kind of start with maybe giving our brief non-spoiler thoughts in case no, no one here, people listening, haven't seen the movie yet. Okay. Um, then we'll get you know get into spoilers, talk about the negatives first, to get the negatives out of the way so we can spend more time talking about the positives. Um, but I think talking to both of you, I don't know if you two have talked, but talking to both of you, I, I can tell we're going to have some negatives here. So we'll talk about our negatives, uh, talk about the positives, of course. Talk about those post-credit scenes, uh, maybe a rant here and there. Who knows? And then, of course, we'll just wrap this up. You know, maybe we'll say where this ranks amongst our phase four films or whatever. But let's go ahead and get started. Zach, you are our guest. So, of course, you're going to go first, my friend. Kind of talk about this, you know, your hype going into the movie and then your non-spoiler thoughts before uh, we, you know, before we go into the spoilers and everything. I've been kind of hyped for this film probably what they announced it in 2019 at comic-con it was around like 2020 during the pandemic era when like i heard more of what were they were going to do uh for this sequel um i was getting like hype. I was like okay this is gonna be i always thought it was gonna be another comedy from taika that, that was just something i always kind of pictured and then mixed with like this 80s hard rock feel hell apparently when they opened for comic-con they had dio's rainbow in the dark play when they announced the film so i already knew there was gonna be like a certain type of vibe for it and i was like really on board for that vibe the trailers got it i was like okay they're fully going on for what i've been wanting or like where i wanted for this film and um and they really i really thought it was i was satisfied with what they did for like you know the tone and stuff and so like based off the trailer i got what i expected what the what the film is going to be based just purely on the concept of trailer so i i, I was always kind of hyped for the film but at the time you know time went on and like when we got closer to release date i got like more and more excited and i was pretty much satisfied with the film all right benjamin why don't you go next yes i was getting excited myself more and more hyped with each trailer and then like you said before rod uh you jacob and i kind of watched the trailer the was that that second trailer together yeah that second full trailer yeah yeah so yeah, that was that was fun, and then yeah, with everything we've seen building up, and then hearing that Guns and Roses was a big part as well was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I got getting more and more excited, and uh, I was I get yeah, I was I'll say satisfied as well <laughs> with the end result. It's not quite what I expected. It's a little looser, maybe a little more going for the comedy than some of the other serious moments than I, not that I thought it would because Ragnarok definitely does that too, but I feel like here it does go more kind of that romantic comedy side, uh, not as many stakes, I guess, but 
or yeah, didn't get me to that level of, of excitement and terror and stuff for the stakes. But there are some great performances, great music, cinematography is beautiful. Um, that has several of the, the Marvel staples, but it's getting ragged on too much. <laughs> so I will defend it with that. And I know we'll have a little rant on that later, but yeah, overall satisfied. And I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it again and not going to, it's not Thor the Dark World <laughs> skippable uh, in the franchise. I don't know what you're talking about, Ben. Thor the Dark World is actually considered a cult class. It's a masterpiece. Yes, no, right. I don't know. Helen Taylor is an auteur. Yes. Malekith is up there with Thanos. Ahead of his time. Joker as one of the greatest <laughs> villains of all time. Yes. That's a comic accurate movie, you know. Very, very accurate. That style and... Yeah, no. Okay, anyway. Let's go. I'm... Um, <laughs> I'm. I was. I think my hype kind of increased. Then with those trailers, especially that mm-hmm. second trailer, I really like mm-hmm. the second trailer a lot. I was always on the fence about bringing Natalie Portman back because she just seemed uninterested in being in the role, and you know, two directors couldn't get her character right. But you know, when you bring Taika in, he seems to have this great relationship with his uh, with his actors, and seems to unlock something that other directors maybe can't. Uh, so I was looking forward to seeing that and, you know, people think that I think we started getting Thor was becoming more interesting at, during age of Ultron, but of course, Ragnarok was when we really started to see Thor become much more interesting. That's all things to Taika. Those two have this great little bond and, you know, you see that with the behind the scenes stuff and everything. So yeah, I was, I was excited. I wasn't like over the moon, Zach, when they announced that at Comic-Con, I was like, Oh, cool. Another Thor adventure. Okay. I'm excited because, you know, we, we all like Rack and Rock. So, yeah, sure. Why not? And just like both of you, I was very satisfied. I had a great time with it. I definitely have my issues, um, mainly with the comedy in this one, actually. But overall, I, I loved it. I've seen it three times, and I, I have been pleasantly... I'm, I'm pleasantly not, not pleasantly is the wrong word. I am not surprised, Ben, that it's getting ragged on because that seems to be a theme here with phase four lately is that's true. Let's just go ahead and just shit on everything now. So, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, pleasant, a great experience and I'll probably see it a couple more times, but yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and dive into spoilers now, guys, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about some negatives first. Uh, ben, I'll go ahead and start with you first. Why don't you go ahead and talk about some of your negatives? So, getting into spoilers. Uh, yeah, like I said, the comedy, it was like taking over some of the emotional beats and moments for me. So, <laughs> I guess we're like skipping around kind of. Well, I, I kind of knew going into it that, or figured that Natalie Portman, they would go with her character having uh, cancer, that storyline. Which, you know, he gets a few laughs out of and, you know, try to make it lighthearted situation for, for a movie like this is fine. But some of the things with her uh, becoming Thor also felt kind of awkward. And I'm honestly not quite sure if it's Portman's acting, comedic acting, <laughs> or or the writing, which I, I hate to say that, but the her i mean her becoming thor and everything was awesome but some of the her coming up with the catchphrase and stuff was was awkward <laughs> for, for me especially when they're walking by side by side um going to that 
the god city or whatever it, it felt awkward and then at the end i wasn't hit emotionally with her uh you know the fate of her character like like they hope i would um because they set it up to happen that way if you you know wield the hammer one more time it's not going to be good and so it's like okay well she'll probably do that and then she does <laughs> and uh yeah i don't know i was i was expecting a little a little more and then that also comes from the rush uh the rush story which in the beginning it's quite rushed i was okay with the guardians showing up and then leaving um because it's thor's movie and <laughs> i don't know yeah I, that, that's just how we left off last time i guess so they're i, I thought it was funny seeing them and they're kind of like annoyed with him <laughs> and then he's kind of i gotta do my own thing now so i th- that was fine with me but yeah it, it went very quick and then jane's sick and then she's got to get the thing and then we're over there and then Tessa Thompson shows up and she's, and then, okay. And then we got to move over here. It just happened really quick. And then slow down in the city of the gods quite a bit. I felt like that scene was a little too long and Russell Crowe's accent was starting to get a little too much for me and then uh, picks up again and we're, and we're going. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The, the pacing and then some of the comedic, stuff was the was the big negatives and i don't want to take too much away from what y'all are going to say and i i will say that the comedian some people oh i don't know about y'all but i heard a lot that a, a lot of the jokes fell flat i th- there was two or three maybe but a, a lot of it i was cracking up at <laughs> i i quite enjoyed it um and i felt like it is kind of similar to ragnarok's humor so i don't really know why uh some of that didn't land the the one of the most egregious ones I know was the keep, what was it? Keep your friends at arm's length and Thor holds out his arm and then moves closer. That was, I was like, kind of rolled my eyes at that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was stuff like that. That <laughs> was a little too on the nose, but, um, but some of the other stuff I was, I was cracking up at. So yeah. You guys, what else you got? Uh, go ahead, Zach. Um, I kind of like, Echo, what you, I get what you say. I love Portman's portrayal. It seemed like she was having fun with the role, though. And, like, maybe the way I see it, especially we're going to spoilers, I think once she's been living with stage four cancer for what it said, but six months, you know, and hmm. she gets like this revival of energy. I think that's the way, if you want to look at like an artistic sort of way, it's like, or a story sort of way, it's like her character got like a new breath of fresh life, you know, hmm. and it's like, Thor's energy is is within her, so she's a little bit more uh, uppity, you can say. Maybe that's the tone they were going for for the whole role for her. But I get what you mean, like the one-liners, like that. It was the running joke throughout the movie, but I think it kind of paid off towards the end when she whispered it to uh, Thor's ear. I I like how they didn't like actually say it. It was a nice like romantic moment, you can say. Yeah. Very charming. For me, when they like, I can, that's probably I can understand that negative. The other negative I have though was probably some of the jokes didn't land. It did like at first, like I think me and Rod were talking about it, like on the first night, like those first twenty minutes. Uh, it felt like the jokes were like going so fast, you know, mm-hmm. that it just didn't 
like there was too many hat there was like sensory overload it was like going so much at once with the jokes and sometimes they hit sometimes they didn't i not i'm not like a big fan of screaming goats so <laughs> that was <laughs> i do like them in the movie but like it felt and like the timing of when they screamed was funny but i just felt like it was too much at once with like the guardians and stuff um i did well say i do i knew that the guardians weren't going to be in the movie as much based off the trailer you can see in the trailer they're not they weren't going to be in it but i kind of do wish they were in it more my main complaint with that is because in the end of Endgame, they hyped it up like, oh, Thor's going big adventure with the Guardians. And then it's like a five minute thing, you know, hmm. maybe they explore more in volume three or the holiday special. If it's like a prequel to Love and Thunder, I don't know. Um, but I just was expecting a little bit more and more interaction with Star-Lord and Thor because they have a really, uh, Hemsworth and Pratt have a really good dynamic, I can see. So that's just the way I see that. Um what other negatives uh i'm pretty sure we everybody's gonna mention it but the visuals like there were some patchy visual scenes of course there is one in particular involving axel's head who is heimdall's son um everybody's keep pointing that out it to me it felt intentional though there's there's no way (laughs) in the marvel is gonna be like yeah let's just keep that yeah that's fine we're not gonna touch it up there's just something like i said it like I've been saying a lot on my page, like a kind of a parody feel of like, it's like intentional, like a, I don't know, something like from like Galaxy Quest or like, I don't know, something like that's making fun of what they're doing. And it just felt just so intentional that they have that bad visual effects. And a lot of times there, if you can tell when it's trying to be intentional or when it's trying to be like too much or like just unfinished work and like some of the green screen i know they use that new volume setup that they use for the batman and the mandalorian um but i don't know maybe it just didn't mesh well with a lot of what they were doing for the mcu that's just a nitpick kind of thing but i don't really have much negatives as i did with my first viewing when i watched the second time on saturday or sunday i really like was having a blast throughout there's really not much i can think of in terms of more negatives um Maybe more King Valkyrie, because she was a badass. Um, she was a badass throughout. I love Korg in this one, but I would get into that one. It's stuff I love. But in, tor- in terms of, like, negatives, that's pretty much all I have. I'm trying to really think. Maybe, Rod, if you want to go, why I think some more. Yeah, I mean, I give this, like, an eight. Like, eight, eight and a half. I'm probably, like, a nine now. But, like, re-watching this, Zach, I, I kind of have the opposite of you of – my highs just got higher, but my lows are just like, they still bother the shit out of me. So my main one, I loved Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. I loved him a lot. I thought he, his performance was excellent. And I thought for the most part, he was used very effectively. I loved his story. He really fell for his character and what he was you know, trying to accomplish. But his name is Gore the God Butcher, and you see him butcher one god, and it's kind of like a, ooh, gotcha, kind of a thing. So I, I wish we had seen like maybe one or two more scenes of him just being that Gore the God Butcher. I feel like we could be seriously talking about him as like the next Thanos level villain because he had a, some, a really, really great arc in this movie, and it was, it's a shame he kind of got a little short changed here and 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 return for a shorter runtime. I don't know. But that that's my one of, that's one of my big issues. Korg to me, Zach, and I say like Korg a lot, Korg got on my nerves in this movie. He really, really did I I was not digging the humor at all with him. 
he had some funny moments. Like the best line was that Dwayne joke at the very end. I thought that was hilarious. But for the most part, I, I don't know. It just he just felt kind of like a almost like a bother for me in this because there was one scene where he where Thor's talking to Axel. And he's like, put your hands down. I think you see Cork put his hands down. I'm like, put your goddamn hand down. Shit, I don't need you doing I, I, that. Stop trying to be funny. I don't know. There was just moments throughout this where I felt like the humor, they were forcing the humor in Cork, for, for Cork. And where I felt like in Ragnarok, it felt fresh. It felt you know new. It felt inventive. Here, it just felt kind of, it just felt flat for me. But like we say, comedy is the most objective. So it's not, comedy is always going to hit for everybody. For, for me here, it just didn't, it didn't hit. Valkyrie. She got shortchanged big time in this movie, and I was very disappointed because they set her up at the end of Endgame as the you know the King of Valkyrie, or King of Valkyrie, King of Asgard, and I was really ready to explore that. And we get a montage of her and doing Old Spice commercials. That's about it, and that was really disappointing because you don't get a great, you don't shortchange an actress like Tessa Thompson for Old Spice commercials. I'm sorry that that to me, I just I wanted more Valkyrie. I thought they could have used her more. But that being said, the scene she was in, you felt her presence. I just needed more of her. And that's just because of the greatest of Tessa Thompson. I thought, you know, she's she was great in Ragnarok and she was fun in that game, the stuff we got to see her in. But you know, she was she was great here in the nine, ten minutes of total screen time she got, maybe. I don't know. Olympian City. Oh boy. Yeah. I no, no, no. I and that's just kind of where I want to open up to the group because we haven't really talked about it much yet. But Russell Crowe, I'm glad he was having a fun time. He was definitely having a fun time here. I, this just fell off. I, I I wanted this scene to be more serious because they're dealing with a serious issue about the gods and everything. And I another thing too. I don't know why Thor didn't go here in Infinity War. I, I, that thought crossed my mind the second or third time I was watching. I was like, why, why did he go to these guys for help in Infinity War and Endgame? Just, just curious. I don't know. And that, 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 it crossed my mind. It's not, it's, that's not a negative. I was just, that's just something I, I, that crossed my mind. But yeah, I didn't like the tone they had for that scene. And the whole Thunderbolt thing, I was like, can you please put that fucking bolt down? I'm tired. I get it. You like playing with your bolt. Shut, stop. Just stop. I'm, it's, it's getting tiring. It's, 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 now it's just kind of annoying. So it was great when we saw him die by his own bolts. Obviously, he didn't die because of the post-credit scene. But, yeah, that scene just didn't feel satisfactory to me. It just felt – that was the scene where I really felt the force humor the most. It, it just felt like – Taika, we need to scale back. You're kind of dealing with a serious issue where you're playing for laughs and stuff. So they're probably going to be a bigger factor down the road in four or five and maybe some other, you know, ensemble pieces. But the limited sitting to me was just, it didn't work. So I don't know if you guys had one to add some stuff to that as well. Plus they, uh, yeah, that was even, or their entrance, I guess, was featured in the trailer. So uh, I was getting hyped for that. And then they build it up with all the gods and show a few, you know, when they're walking in and the, the, how varied they are even that what is it a bow bun or whatever that's a that's a god um and you're like oh this better be crazy and it's just a weird conversation between thor and russell crowe uh zeus for it, it felt like forever to me it just kept going i did laugh at a few points um 
I, I mean, this, some some of what they did was funny, but yeah, it just felt like it kept going, and then I thought the other characters would get involved, but they just kind of sat there and watched for a while, and then it just kept going, and they talked more, and then he even came down and whispered to him, and it just kept, yeah, there was a lot of talking and not, not a whole lot of good action, I guess. My girlfriend enjoyed the part where he flicked too hard, though, so I guess that's cool, but. Yeah, like every other girl in America probably yeah. or in the world did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Zach. I guess I'm the opposite. I really love this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I really love um I don't know. I can I know what you're saying, Rod. It does there is like a stopping point towards it's I guess this is technically the middle of the movie. It does like feel like it's like dragging pace pace wise. And you know it's gonna end like in a big action scene like it did. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I like the humor. I, I I like the humor in it a lot during that whole scene. Uh, Russell Crowe, it like it kept getting more and more grand with his accent and his lisp with it. It just made me like on this when I rewatched it, I was like I was laughing more at just the way he was talking and and the way he walks down with his skirt and like he like flings it. It was it was just really silly. It was no, just, see that that part I did laugh when he's yeah. like when he when he. He reveals that like the skirt and everything is just like, and then he because just walks he, down the stairs. All right, that that part I didn't think was funny because he's like in this big thing and he's like he think he think it's Zeus it could be big and he just walks down with his little legs and yeah. <laughs> skirt. Um, I do, but I do get what you say about it, Rod. I don't know. I just found it more funny, and then I like the um I like the action scene afterwards where all like the gold paint it looked cool and um, Valkyrie and stuff, and then the cop out with Korg was kind of. Eh. Like with his death, yeah. Was, All right, know, so that that's actually bothered me. That the more I've watched it, they should have killed him. I feel like that would have been a, a really <laughs> great turning awful. point, yeah, for the movie because he really didn't do anything else afterwards. <laughs> so and, I felt like that would have been a good turning point for Thor, especially just moving forward and getting more dramatic. I mean, the movie did get more dramatic after that scene, but I feel like it would have been a turning point for the entire group had they just had killed him, but. It reminded me of uh, Rise of Skywalker, which, if you're new to the podcast, I don't really enjoy that movie. Um, where, yes, and and several characters where they they do the death, and you're like, oh no, no way! I mean, I when Korg got blasted, I like, you know, caught my breath, or whatever, and then I was like, no way! But yeah, no, he's he's back, man. He's fine. Just a face. Yeah, they, they do that with him. They do that kind of with Sif. I was wondering. I was like, oh, they're going to finally let her go. And oh, she's Can we back. hold on? Can we? Why the hell was she back? Yeah. <laughs> Man, she was wasted. Yeah. That was... <laughs> it was one of those times where, like, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, well, that's it. Okay. <laughs> that was just, un- she was unnecessary. And I love the Sif character for the seven minutes of screen time she has in both movies. Yeah. I- <laughs> You know, I feel I feel like they don't know what to do with her. Either they were setting her up for her own Disney Plus series. Some some part of me thinks we are about we're about to get some kind of new Asgard series on Disney Plus. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I got that vibe with this. Yeah, it, it might start Jamie Alexander and and Tessa Thompson, which would be great. Mm-hmm. Too bad it'd be six episodes, but you know, hey, <laughs> and Russian, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on. And then there is someone else too. Did we think Tessa Thompson's character would die at one point? Maybe, no, she yeah yeah she got stabbed. She got stabbed. Uh, I didn't think she was gonna die though. Yeah, but yeah, but then she lives. She's fine. And then yeah. I guess uh, Zeus too. Then he gets stabbed, and then yeah, we learn that he's death. okay. That was yeah. 
he like fell a long way down. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, but nope, oh, he's he's still alive. Yep. That's yeah. So I gotta deal with short skirt Zeus one more movie. <laughs> so yeah, Lady Sif. Short uh, uh short change didn't really find her appearance necessary, Ben, as well as the Guardians, too. I did not for me, Zach, I'm kind of with you. I I, I do I, I was almost expecting actually the Guardians to come back for the final mm. battle. Mm-hmm. I think that would have made their appearance no pun intended, but like worthy. I feel I honestly I I really feel like it, it, that would have made I, I wouldn't have felt this way about the Guardians had they been in the final battle, but because they were only in it for about five, really like five, seven minutes, I I, I just I didn't get what I needed, but I'm, I'm not going to say that because I, it's not about what I want, but it, I just feel like their role in here was more of a commercial for, hey, don't forget about us. Holiday special in December, movie next year. Don't, don't you forget about us. And then I, I saw one YouTube review I was like, where was Gamora? I was like, why would Gamora be there? Like, have you, are you not caught up? Are you okay, sir? But anyway, that's, that's besides the point. That's, that's, that's for another, that's a conversation for a time we will never, never have. But anyway, um, Ben, any more negatives you want to talk about? Uh, I guess you kind of touched on it with Gore the God Butcher that love Christian Bale and his character and his powers and everything. But he, I feel like, yeah, like like you said, more scenes with him being menacing would have been nice. And they, I don't know, they they do the build up. They give you the little story in the beginning, but it, like I said, it, the pacing is so wonky that it. I, I was just like, that was a quick reason for him to be totally wiping out everyone, and then we just mm-hmm. hear about it, you know, in in the background. So. Well, that's my other issue is that we are now, this is now the second movie in a row of kind of a short, shorter runtime for the MCU after like back to back to back to back to back two plus hour movies or like two out of 10 plus movies. Maybe we just need to kind of forget about the shorter runtimes and just kind of focus on, hey, let's just make a good movie and making sure everything fits and, and, and flows. Yeah. And now, if Taika saw that this, this was the perfect runtime, so be it. I just think between this and Multiverse of Madness, both those movies could have added like another 10 to 15 minutes and it would have been beneficial for the movie, in my opinion, at least. Um, I, I felt more of that here than with Multiverse of Madness, though. I felt like here they're they were, they were missing a good 15, 20 minutes they could have added in. Yep. But, you know, the MCU has had that streak really since Infinity War and Endgame of just long-ass MCU movies, so I, I get what they're trying to do, but here's hoping Wakanda Forever doesn't, doesn't fall in that same... Uh, fall on that same path. Zach, his, any, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. His his flip at the end, his his resolution, I guess, was was nice. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I thought have he one problem with that. Okay. <laughs> I, He's I, like, I, oh, go ahead. You, you first. No, no, no. You 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 were talking. Go ahead. He he said, or he switches with. Yeah, he like switches places with his daughter. Right. But yeah, I guess I I didn't understand fully the com- the mechanics. Of I don't think I did either. Eternity, yeah. <laughs> to why, why didn't he would just wish to bring her back? Maybe I missed something or forgot that he had to switch places, a uh, life for life or something. But then he's like, "Hey, Thor, who I've been fighting the whole time, you uh, take over." 
or <laughs> did Thor just like pick her up and be like, "Wait, let's go." See that part, I actually didn't mind. I I I, I did like I did like that. My problem was there is like it's a quick moment, but it's reminded me of Talia Agul's death so much. I'm dying. Wait, wait, what? You were just fine like five seconds ago. Now you're dying. Wait, what's happening here? I that just felt. I don't know, Ben. You're right. That that entire sequence did feel a little rushed. That part yeah. did feel rushed to me, but I did like the idea and most of the execution of Thor looking over, you know, his daughter. I I just wish there was like an extra, again, an extra like five minutes to really flesh that scene out. But or dialogue. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That 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 whole scene, like you said, it, it felt rushed. So I, I I agree with you there. And that's yeah, that's kind of why the uh Jane Foster's death didn't really hit me as hard as I hoped it would. I mean, still the, the mm-hmm. acting is great. Her and Chris are incredible. The way they look at each other and, and the, the, you know, their chemistry and talking back and forth and everything was great, but it just, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't hit hard for me because <laughs> the pacing was so weird and it just kind of happens at the end. And I didn't really understand. Uh, so yeah, you got anything else, Zach? We've got two negative Nancys here. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, um, I get, yeah, Gore was like, on my rewatch, I was like, oh, he really isn't not in this movie a lot. Um, it really does show. Um, I guess, yeah, it just, I wish, it kind of just breezes by. It was like, like a PowerPoint in the beginning with the Guardians. Like, oh, look at all these gods dying. Okay, why didn't we just see that? Like, it should have built up more. I and that's where the like extra fifteen to twenty minutes of runtime could have helped. Um, I think. I again, I I know I forgot what movie, what review we talked about in, but I think again, COVID and short like production time and rushing it, I really think that did have like a big factor in this one. Because if we're being honest, we didn't see anything for this movie until what, like February or March. Yeah, they, that, they hit a lot of stuff from us until really like late last year, actually. Yeah, I think they, we started seeing some set photos of uh, Natalie Portman being all jacked yeah. and stuff. They, they they were, and I applaud them for that, actually, of just really being secretive with this for the I most part. But there were just something like, and that's why I'm kind of getting worried about Wakanda forever. Is like we haven't seen much. Like, yeah, we got like those promo shots that came out like a week ago, you know. I think that's about to change with Comic Con. I think oh, all those worries about the cut. I sure. think they're gonna they're gonna do a big, big splash of Comic Con. Because been- remember that movie's not until November. Yeah. So I think we're gonna get that teaser and we're gonna talk about this later. But Marvel has like three other things they have to start marketing. Like they they're gonna start wrapping up the marketing for She Hulk. They're gonna start yeah. doing that for I am Groot. So, and then believe it or not, they're going to have to start doing, it's not coming out until next year. They're going to have to start doing some stuff for Ant-Man, the loss. Yeah. That's coming out in February. Oh, by the way, we got the Guardians Christmas special coming out this year. Oh, by the way, we have Werewolf by Guardians Night coming out this year. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it's, it, it's not like the old days of the MCU in that, in that sense. But we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about that later. Uh, let's think, go yeah. ahead. Uh, basically, well, I was gonna wrap up like the negative of like gore is a yeah. The more I thought about, it, I wish he was in it more. Um, more gore. Uh, I don't know. I I just think maybe just 10-15 minutes, man. That's really just what it needed more than anything. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And like looking back, like the first phase of the MCU movies were under two. Like the first Thor movie is an hour and fifty nine minutes, but yeah. it can. Oh, it's actually short. I think it's like an hour and fifty four. Not mistaken. Exactly. And like Doctor Strange is like an hour and fifty. You know, it's like they done short movies before, but why do these feel more rushed than you know the past ones? You know, I think because I I don't know. That's that's a good question. I, on one hand, I want to say those movies are better paced and yeah. they have a damn straight forward. question yeah it, it's more of a straightforward narrative for some yeah. of those like the like a thor like uh, captain america first avenger they're trying to do a lot in these phase four movies they're trying to do they're trying yeah. to do a lot and i think taiko got a little too ambitious at parts in this movie i agree and i think also one thing I will say is because um, if I'm being honest, um, I've been saying it vocally a lot. I think phase four may be my favorite fa- phase out of Marvel because five of the like half of the movies are in my top 10 for MCUs. So, like, you know, Black Widow Eternals, uh, I think Love and Thunder is going to get up there, too. And um, Multiverse Madness is obviously top three for me. But I think one thing like they're trying to wrap up a lot of things post Endgame. I think that's the problem too. Sean Chi is really the only one that's like a newer thing. Um, but they're really just trying to you know, WandaVision, Hawkeye, now Thor. They're trying to wrap up those end knots for Endgame. I think it's showing that they didn't really have much of a game plan going for that. So it's really showing with like the shorter run times and just trying to wrap stuff up and hopefully the later phases kind of like flesh it out i think there is a game plan i just th- i i think it's a mixture of that zach and a mixture of trying to feel like phase one i really do feel yeah. like he's going back to phase one because you know I, I don't know if you guys saw this but there was something someone from marvel came out the other day it's like the whole point of phase four so far has been like grief and trying to recover from endgame and infinity oh, yeah. war which i you can definitely feel through most of these phases except for maybe black widow but i i i I'll say this again later, but I'm kind of I'm I'm done kind of trying to guess where this map is, where this big phase is going off to, whether it's multiverse or setting a younger. But I just really appreciate because this is actually my second favorite phase, Zach, because I I really do appreciate Feige letting these directors have their creative freedom and letting them direct. And I said that in my review on Instagram, like this feels like a type of film. Multiverse of Madness felt like a Sam Raimi film. Eternals felt like a epic Chloe Zhao film. Yep. So, you know, I in that sense, I I'm kind of done, kind of guessing where this where this is all heading. And IGN put out something stupid like MCU needs a plan. We need we need to know where it's going. No, we don't. Oh, in Phase Enjoy One, all ride. we got. Yeah, in Phase One, all we got basically was this is setting up for Avengers, but we didn't know what was leading up to Thanos. We had no yeah. idea. Even in Phase Two. We didn't really know. Thanos wasn't for another two phases later, you know? Thank you. Yeah. So, it, yeah, phase one was really just the building of the Avengers. Yeah. Really, the first two phases was really that the, the building of the Avengers and getting to know these characters. And I feel like, like he's doing that here again with his new team, but he's also, like we were saying, he's also trying to tie up everything from Infinity War and Endgame because that was such a massive event, not just yeah. for us as a movie girl, but within the world of the MCU. So it's kind of... But we'll talk about that. Let's 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 focus yeah, on yeah. love and thunder <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> let's go into our positives because there's a lot of, for me. There's a lot of stuff to take away from here. 
So Zach, why don't you go ahead and go first and talk about some of your positives? Um, I laughed a lot. It was a very okay, funny. Then you're next. I'm <laughs> <laughs> it was a very funny comedy movie to me. Um, and I, again, that's why I said like earlier is like I kind of knew this was going to be a comedy movie, and I don't know what people were expecting in that term. People are like, people have been making memes and stuff saying, "Oh, the jokes are unfunny," and like a comedy movie is supposed to be funny. Well, Brad, you said it. Comedy is like one of the most objective things out there honestly next to horror like what what you find scary someone else may not find scary what you find funny maybe someone else may not find funny i think it's really subjective um i don't think the jokes are corny as people make them out to be there's a lot of clever jokes there's a lot of funny heartfelt jokes um and it really is like a second what i love about it i felt a bit nostalgic with like the rom-com elements like there's a scene where probably humanizes Thor than most of the past three like the first two Thor movies was when him and Jane, like that flashback scene when of them dating is like him being a human. And like, that was so amazing. Remind me of like a typical rom-com type of movie. And I really like that. I really like that element. And that, there were some funny moments through that too. And um, I guess that's how Jane got her powers too. became worthy of him. Uh, like telling Milner uh, to like protect her at all costs, which I like. It kind of like explained it. Um, were you gonna say something, Ben? Uh, I was thinking about it, but now I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I do, I do like they explain that part of it. Uh, like it, it is something new that we haven't seen before. That right? I think that Thor can, because I know Odin whispers. Yeah, whoever's worthy, you know. But now Thor can do it. But I guess he's proved himself worthy, so he can. Yeah. So never mind. I'm okay with it. I'm I'm glad too. They explained that. Me too. It it really. And I don't know, man, there was just something like, like you said, right. With like this phase dealing with grief that this one dealt with like a lot of grief towards the end. I, there was like this big melancholy, like feeling towards that last act, man. It really got me the second time. Um, like the first time I think I was like, not shocked that they did it. Cause like killing off Jane Foster that quickly after one movie, it was just like, what the hell, man? It was like, Whoa, like you brought in lady Thor and then you just kill her off the second time it really hit me more. Um, so I really like the element of uh, like the surprise element of that. Uh, like I said, I like the comedy, the shadow realm scene was fucking beautiful. That, that is just one of the coolest things. Like it reminded me a little bit into the spider verse, uh, into the spider verse animation to a point too. like with Valkyrie find the shadow monsters. It looked like animation to a point. It was really, really cool. Really stylistic. I really enjoyed that um i again i've been praising like the 80s because like 80s music hard rock i really like that type of thing so i really love the vibe of it and like the comedy elements towards the beginning of that um the whole welcome to the jungle uh van damme splits it was amazing i was really having a good time with all that uh even though we got we were talking about the guardians being like kind of shortchanged here i still like their presence of it um i like the chris pratt bond with him and uh hensworth i like that um I like Korg storytelling. That was really funny to me in the both the beginning and end. Um, and then I just said, like, I like Korg more than I did in Ragnarok. It, he was just, I don't know, his humor just hit more for me this time. It was just something I really liked. And uh, yeah, I just really like the action too and the use of music. Uh, I The unique ending with the kids was really cool. That was like something I wasn't expecting. So I don't know. I really like like all those elements and stuff, but I won't take up too much time. So let y'all go. 
Well, I, I just like how Taika took risks in this film. And, you know, I that's been something the fans have been wanting from these MCU films is for people to take risks. Well, sometimes, all right, you, you, you're, you've been getting that lately. Chloe Zhao, Sam Raimi, uh, now Taika. He's doing something different. And not all, sometimes it's not going to work. But I think for the most part, it worked here. Thor giving those uh, kids temporarily for uh, powers was awesome. And it made for a very funny sequence, too, especially with that little girl holding the teddy bear out, just like wiping wiping those shadow monsters out. That was hilarious. Thor, to me, I still think, Zach, and then the whole, in a whole MCU, I think the best Thor we've gotten is probably in Infinity War and Endgame. That's where we've seen human Thor the most. But within the Thor franchise, I think this is the best we've gotten of, of the character. There is a scene which is played for laughs, but I really dug it when they get back from the shadow realm and he's talking to the doctor and then he has that violent outburst towards the stack machine. I was like, I love this moment right here. This is great because what we've seen really since Ragnarok is Thor hiding his pain through comedy, you know, through quips and telling jokes and everything. And here he's just like, he finally got his girl back and you know, she's dying because this hammer's just draining. It's just draining her. And you really see that pain and suffering of, of just everything Thor has been through. And I, I thought Hemsworth, he, he has really found this great balance of when to be funny and when to get serious. And I thought that was presented really well here. <sighs> this is where I have to apologize to Ben. Natalie Portman kicks so much ass in this movie, man. Not just from a physical standpoint, but... She showed us why she is one of the greatest actresses working today. She was so freaking good here. Yep. You're damn right. I'm hopping on that train, Zach. Come on now. Look, that her introduction scene was, it was heartbreaking. But it was also like, it felt like the, the Jane from the first store, just better in a sense of, it, she was still that quirky kind of, kooky jane foster but it was more dramatic here you know that conversation she's having with darcy i love that scene with darcy it was great to see darcy i'm glad i'm glad they actually brought darcy back for at least one scene because i i wanted someone from her life to come back and kind of know i at least someone from jane's life knew what was going on and it was great to see eric selvig back for about five seconds as well through a video monitor screen which he probably shot in his house so it was great. It, I, I loved everything with, with Jane Foster. Her becoming Mighty Thor was great. I want to talk about her and the catchphrases because I've seen people complain about that. And I actually think that's the strength to this because she has no idea what it's like to be a superhero. She's been Mighty Thor for maybe 24 hours. And I, I thought it just added to her inexperience and the overall just like novice of it all of her being this being Mighty Thor and her trying to come up with this with these really bad catchphrases because none of those catchphrases were great. They were none of them are great. But Taika and, and Natalie Portman found a way to really make it work within the movie. So I thought that was handled really well. And her, God, if only they didn't kill her off. Her and Valkyrie have such this great sister bond in this movie. I loved it, except for one scene. The the the, the whole speaker thing. They could. They, I I just wish they had cut that out. That that felt a little too that, that was a little much that was a little no much. no 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 <laughs> i love that scene no no i'm I, i'm just like the weapons and everything was cool and then i wish they had stopped there not gone to the 
oh yeah, portable speaker. And then they start bobbing their heads. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What? Let's go. Like that that scene just felt a little off. And actually, all three of my honestly, I was with, at least in my theories, none, nobody like responded to that scene at all. I, it was weird. I don't know. I don't know exactly if you had that, if you had a different experience when that when that scene played, or Ben, if you had a different experience when that scene played. But like in my theater, everyone was just like, eh, oh shit. But you know, whatever. Zach, that shadow realm sequence is one of the not just uh, one of the greatest sequences in Phase Four. That's that's like a that that might go down as like a top ten action scene in, in all of the MCU for me. That sequence is so freaking cool, just from the way it transitions the colors to the you really felt the threat of gore in this scene when he's just on the verge of killing not only Valkyrie, but, but Jane as well. And you really felt that terror um, in this scene from, from gore. And I thought Taika set that up really well. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of the shadow, the actual monsters, the shadow monsters. I thought that was like, yeah, whatever. It's just, you know, blobs, whatever. But that fight sequence, oh man. I, I could watch it on the loop, guys. Seriously, that that is such a really well choreographed and well set up scene. It was such a such a great scene. I want to talk about the goats because those goats were fucking hilarious. I'm, I'm not I'm not even gonna try. I I love the goats. There was just one moment where I didn't like the goats. It was actually I think I forgot who said it was, if it was Ben or Zach, but it was actually it was on a guardian ship. I thought okay, shut up, we get it. <laughs> it was Zach. Okay, that was the only time I was like okay, goats stop but my favorite moment of the goats is when they landed at the shadow realm <laughs> that was so fucking funny and i'm not even gonna try to do like try to impersonate that laugh or do the laugh because i'm gonna ruin the whole goats thing anyway but it that moment because it, it, was, it was really well timed that's just perfect taika ytd comedic timing right there it was, was building a, up yeah to them yeah. getting on there and then you just see a thud <laughs> against the, cause the planet's <laughs> <are small. laughs> oh, that was good that was good so i yeah that that cracked me up so much uh because the first time you hear the goats you don't even like see them they're just like you see a couple of the guys struggling with the goats and I, uh, the build-up to the reveal of the goats was hilarious yeah those, those goats were perfectly used i thought uh the music i'm gonna let ben talk about the music because the music i hear i thought was great um yeah, that's Thor and Jane's chemistry. That I I want to applaud Taika for making me believe this couple, like on a level of like Tony Pepper, Peter, MJ for me, Captain Peggy. I, it that it felt like that in this in this movie. They they just felt so real. Uh, it felt natural. It felt like they had actually been a couple for a long time. When the Thor Dark World, especially, just felt off. Like I didn't feel any of that chemistry here. It just it felt. I'm just glad Taika was able to make me make me believe it very early on. Um, and I, I, Zach, I thought you said it perfectly. That flashback sequence was was needed, and it, it was it, it, it was well told of just seeing Thor being Cuban for once, like rollerblading Thor, and Thor going to uh, Halloween parties, and just because their breakup wasn't like uh, like oh we hate each other kind of a thing it was just a thought of losing each other. And I thought that I, I, I love that angle of their relationship. So, because he still felt that love when they see each other again, like it wasn't, you know, when he's, when uh, Jane reveals herself, it wasn't like this angry, awkward tension or anything. It was just like a, Hey, Thor, I miss you. You know, that sort of thing. And so I, I love that about this movie. Um, I feel like I've taken up a lot of time. So Ben, why don't you go ahead and go next? 
Well, yeah, you guys did take a lot of, uh, which I'm glad. Uh, okay, we of, can move on then. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, a lot of highlights, a lot of, a lot of things I like. Uh, you saved the music for me. Yes, the I'm not even a huge Guns N' Roses fan, honestly. The they they use my four favorite songs from them. Oh, Zach's got the shirt on, nice. Um, they they use my four favorite songs from them in this movie, so <laughs> that was that was cool. And we get some ABBA as well. First time in the MCU, which I loved. And yes, our last summer is classic. Uh, Dio, like you said earlier, Zach. The honestly, the score from Jakino, I've not listened back to, but it didn't really stand out to me in the movie that much. Now this this was one of his weaker scores, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, which I forgot to mention in the negatives and over the positives, but um, it's, it's, not, it's not a terrible score. It's just we expect more from Jakina. Yeah, it's serviceable, I guess. It's the music from the Guns N' Roses music that's really like replaces the underwhelming score for me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like I said earlier, Christian Bale is awesome. Yeah, you said especially that Shadow Realm scene, which was awesome. He's very threatening, and him just, you know, having the the vine tentacle things or whatever, trapping them and and talking to them uh, with his slimy teeth. Uh, that was another great joke too. With the what does he call the axe? And he's like, "I'll call it when you call a dentist." I cracked up at that. Um, and yeah, one of the other recurring jokes I thought it was funnier than the goats for me was that uh, Stormbreaker <laughs> kept moving in. Yes. <laughs> every so time. good. Thor would talk to Mjolnir. Oh, we're, we're cool though, right? Yeah, we're <laughs> Which slowly sliding. Yeah, it's funny every time for me. And yeah, acting. Um, yeah, acting was good. Um, scenes, cinematography, we talked about. Yeah, I don't really have much other positives, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I, I covered a lot. Yeah, I, just one more time too. I, yep. I really did like Christian Bale in this role. He was he was so so good. I was kind of I was hoping they weren't going to kill him off, and we could use him later, you know, in future MCU films. But I thought for the story they were telling, it was probably the right move to go ahead and and and, and end his character arc here. But this is, I've only really enjoyed maybe two or three other MCU prologues more than this one. I thought the first. Like gore setup here was so well done. Only other prologues I can think I liked more than this were the Infinity War prologue, which I still think is the best homecoming. I thought the Spider-Man homecoming prologue was excellent and probably the first Iron Man movie uh, when Tony's in um, Afghanistan or whatever and he gets kidnapped by her. But I thought that was a great sequence too. And Endgame, of course, but not Endgame. That's just another level of excellence right there. But uh, yeah, I, I really loved his arc here, especially with the you know his daughter. And, you know, of course, her, you know, tragically dying. And then, of course, him fighting that God and realizing that you know, these gods were kind of, these gods are lying to them, giving them false hope. And you just felt that turn, that evil turn from Christian Bale, or from Christian Bale, from Gore. So, yeah, I, I, that, however long that sequence was, eight, ten minute sequence, I thought was was really, really great. One of the better prologues in the MCU so far. Um yeah, anyone else have any other positives before we before we move? Oh, and I love the turn of Thor being a dad. That 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 was great to me. I, I look forward to that and in, in future installments. That that's 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 the love, maybe not that he wanted, but it's the love he's going to get for now. And I I, I and he's gonna that. like it. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> like it. <laughs> uh 
Yeah, it is a little. I'm I'm interested to see what adventures they go on and everything. So, but I don't know. It it seemed a little. It ended a little weird for me. Uh, but yeah, of course the the comedy of it, and then going off to that action scene at the end was cool. So we'll see. I find it cute that it's his actual daughter, daughter too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. It's just really with the name to you. It, like it comes in full circle. Mm-hmm. I thought like the inclusion of Heimdall's son was cool. Like that's yeah. something yeah. at all. So that was pretty cool. Um, Kid's a good then, actor too. He was a very good yeah. actor. I like that. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting how they like incorporate him in the future. Maybe like a, I don't know, like Young Avengers. I don't know. Um, I don't know if he'd be part of the Young Avengers. I'm probably not. <laughs> well, speaking of like Asgard, I do like how new Asgard has kind of been like a uh, like a tourist destination now. I do like that. I liked exploring that. And then the play. Yeah. Oh, the play. I thought the play was great. Oh, duh. Yes. Yeah, I, that was a real. I thought this play was actually better than the one they did in Ragnarok. I, yep. I this was a, and Melissa McCarthy, who I really can't stand. I thought she was really <laughs> funny here. I cracked up when she popped up on screen. That, that was good. It's, and then they showed up again later, like Valkyrie, yeah, yeah, uh, Damon, and <laughs> man, I don't know. that was so so good. Yep. It, it, it wasn't a no. Like, yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's risky in sequels to do the same thing but bigger and try to do it better but yeah i agree they they did <laughs> sam neil crawling away and the 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 hammer going down that um yeah. the pulley and mccarthy's waiting there for it right when she gets it ah no <laughs> yeah that was hilarious oh and one of my other favorite jokes from this movie is when he's talking to sif and she thinks she can just go to valhalla she's like you have to die in battle to go to valhalla maybe your arm when maybe <laughs> hit your arm with the valhalla <laughs> i laughed so hard at that that was really funny oh i remember what i was gonna say uh it's back it's another joke you don't know how hard i busted out laughing when thor used his stormbreaker as like a witch broom and just took oh off. Oh my god, that was hilarious. It's so corny. It's so <laughs> hilarious. And the little uh puppet like head people like they're bobbing their heads too. It just looks so wacky and like uh I was laughing my ass out there in that whole sequence. It was crazy. I did like that sequence. You know what though? I will say this Zach. Um I actually that you can't do this and not get like another complaint, but I feel like if it was just Thor and Star Lord and maybe Rocket, I felt like maybe that would have been better. I don't know. I don't. I feel like we didn't need all the Guardians there. But then if you just do that and like, well, why weren't the, where were the other Guardians? Would feel oh, weird. Shit. Yeah. So, but they built this really like great budding back and forth in Infinity War and Endgame. I felt like if it was just them two, maybe Rocket, because Thor built, has built this great relationship with Rocket in the last two Avengers movies. So, who knows? I don't know. I like um, uh, Nebula's shouting throughout the whole time. I'm gonna kill them and like just oh, she yeah. was Kara Gilling was really cool here. Um, and then Craglin getting married. I love that joke that, a lot. That, that part was funny. I did <laughs> like that part. That was really <laughs> funny. Looks like chaos of the goats. That one was just off like out of nowhere. Hilarious. <laughs> it's just me. I felt like Dave Bautista didn't want to be there. I no, yeah, that's just Dave Bautista. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> he seems bored here. But you know he didn't, he only have like what one speaking line in the entire movie, so yeah, he got a nice paycheck. He just yeah. he it, it wasn't James Gunn, so he wasn't that happy about being there. <laughs> you know what? That's probably it. Wasn't James Gunn? It wasn't Denis Villeneuve, so obviously he wasn't too happy. Okay, so let's talk about those post credit scenes. I actually think two both of these post credit scenes I enjoy very much, and they're probably they're they rank right up there for me as some of my favorites of Phase Four so far. 
I actually like the second one more than the first one, but we'll talk about the, that second one uh, later. Let's talk about that first one first because we got Roy Kent. Roy Kent as Hercules. That was the great big reveal. Uh, if you watched Ted Lasso, Jacob messaged me after he saw the movie. He said, Roy Kent. And I was like, yes, Roy Kent. I was, I was, I was really, really happy. So, yeah, Ben, get on that Apple TV. Wait, both of you have Apple TV Plus. Get on that shit. Let's go. Yep. Ted Lasso. Yeah, I didn't know who the hell he was. I'm yeah. like, oh. <laughs> oh, okay, Ted Lasso. Okay. All right. And that's how it was when I looked it all up. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, if you watched Ted Lasso, you know you knew exactly what it was because like it's not like a big reveal. I think like die like diehard MCU fans are excited to see Hercules, but like you know mainstream audiences, if you watch Ted Lasso, like yeah, that's 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 where it can't. I I like the setup. You know, I, I don't really remember much of Russell Crowe's speech. I thought it was I thought it dragged on way too long. I was like, okay, but 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 yeah. come on, this, this is a mid credit scene. You're still talking. We get it. Come on, you want revenge? Uh, okay, thank you. You did the reveal. Awesome. So that's definitely a Thor five setup right there, which I, uh, I I I'm excited for. Maybe Hercules hunting down Thor. That's that's exciting. I like the um I like the message of like what it would be because like it's true superheroes kind of have replaced Greek mythology, you know, like the gods and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool they're incorporating that into the MCU world where like these gods were gods, you know, there were, you know, Zeus, everybody. They were cherished from beloved for years through the stories. And now superheroes are taking over and they're not the beloved ones. So it's gonna be cool to see like if it's like all the gods going after the Avengers or Thor, whichever, it's gonna be pretty interesting, especially seeing Hercules. But it's gonna get confusing with the Disney live action Hercules movie coming out. Say. Yeah. Is that part of the MCU? <laughs> you know what, you laugh but i was watching one spoiler review on youtube this weekend and someone actually asked that question of is the russo brothers uh hercules movie gonna be uh tie-in tie into this so <laughs> oh, way to God. go disney way to freaking go okay let's talk about the second post credit scene because i actually like this one a lot more which was jane foster getting sent to valhalla which was beautiful to see and then of course the return of heimdall with a new look it was great mm-hmm. seeing Idris Elba back for 10 seconds. Uh, that was, to me, because I, I talked I talk to Zach about this, it can go one of two ways. The way I want it to go is just that this was just a post-credit scene to reassure us that Jane's going to be okay. She's in Valhalla. She's safe. You know, with, with everybody else who got sent to Valhalla, Odin's probably over there too, so... <laughs> What I think they're going to do, unfortunately, is Valhalla TV series. I <laughs> do laugh. I was actually going to say that they're going to do no. <laughs> I, Ben. No, Disney's doing a look. We're getting a Werewolf by Night Disney Plus series, so anything's yeah. up for the, anything's on the table now. So uh, where I'm where I'm kind of at with it right now, I think they're going to set up Thor's actual death, maybe in Thor five or Thor six. And at the very end, we'll see him reunited with Jane and be with the woman he loves. That's where I think this is all leading to is the, the death of Thor and him being reunited with Jane and Valhalla. Jane and uh, that Infinity War version, Loki and Odin. It, I don't actually shout out if Loki got sent to Valhalla, actually. He might have because he made that sacrifice at the end. He might have. Because there was there was there was a turn from him in, in Ragnarok at the very end. And then he sacrificed himself to save his brother at the end of, or in the beginning of Infinity War. So he might have 
he might have gotten to Valhalla. That'll be a great debate question one day if Loki got sent to Valhalla. But I think he's, I think he's there. I think he's there. But you know, that's that's up for debate. I thought he was at the TVA. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's another Loki. <laughs> I like. I really like the scene, or I really, really enjoy this post-credit scene. It's probably honestly yeah. the two most infected post-credit scenes in Phase Four so far, next to um. Yelena's Black Widow one with uh, the Leon. Oh, I, I, really I, like I love that post credit scene yeah. so much. That's Such like good... literally the only Marvel movie I stayed fully all the time when I went to go rewatch that in theaters just to see that post credit scene. Well, I mean, you should do that for all MC movies you go back and rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I, I my rewatch was a Spider Man No Way Home. I didn't stick around after like that second viewing because I, I don't like that Venom post credit scene at all. Um, I did stick around for Eternals because that last post credit scene with Blade is awesome. I love that. Even though it's just a voice, it's still a really cool post credit scene. Just got to get to that first big credit scene. Then I said it too. Though that, those Doctor Strange post credit, I just thought I I do not like those Doctor Strange post credits. I like seeing Charlie yeah. Theron and Clea. That was a great reveal, right. but overall, no. Oh, Shang Chi. I like the Shang Chi post credit scene a lot too. Oh I, I yeah, really, yeah. That, that was, was really both that was of them big. were really great. Yeah. Um, but with this one, I. I didn't think about it like that, Rod, and now I'm very sad. Thank you. I did not think that for a second that Thor would get killed off and the ending would be him and Valhalla. But it's cool that we got two Valhalla scenes in uh, 2022 with this and the Northmen. So, yeah. (laughs) And uh, and then they're like God of War, Ragnarok coming out too. So it's just like Greek mythology and Thor everywhere. So whatever. Well, I don't think think they're going to kill Thor off anytime soon. I think Chris Hemsworth is going to sign his new deal because uh, he says he doesn't even know if he's coming back. But then I read something the other day, like they're no longer doing these long-term contracts with, with these actors anymore. Like Tom, people are freaking out because Tom Holland hasn't signed his new deal. I think Tom Holland wants a freaking break because he's been playing Spider-Man for like five years in a row between Civil War, Homecoming, Infinity War, Endgame, and, and Far From Home and, and No Way Home. I mean, he's been that, – that's, that's a lot of Spider-Man to be playing and, and not much else because so – I think he's taking a break, but yeah, I think, I don't think you have to worry about Thor dying at Thor five. Zach, I think if anything, he'll probably maybe another Avengers movie, maybe he'll buy it, but it's not going to be anytime soon. I, he's just too popular of a character right now. And he's, he's still one of the OGs still alive. So. And not retired. Yeah. I didn't think about that either. I just considered it a very sweet post credit scene. And I, I said, Oh, when I saw it, so yeah, it was cool to see Heimdall back. Maybe when Thor does die and go Valhalla, they can all start dancing to Backstreet Boys. Like this is the end when they go to heaven. Everybody, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> oh man, you know what? Of all the people to do that, Tiger would do some shit like that. Actually, exactly, <laughs> Tiger would do some shit like that. Honestly, though, and there are moments in this movie, though, nothing against Taika, where I feel like had Alan Taylor had come in just for like a second to just input his more dramatic flair, I felt like would have, like like Jane's death scene, but I feel like that maybe that would have been better if someone like Alan Taylor would have directed it. But I still feel like Taika did a good job for the most part with the drama. Oh, another thing we didn't talk about earlier, that boat scene between him and Jane was 
awesome and very sweet. Yeah, yeah. I love that scene a lot. And that's that's one of the scenes, that's one of my favorite scenes of phase four, just them two talking about their relationship and that beautiful visual of the of the dolphins in space. Like that, that was so cool to see. I love that. Yeah, as far as the post-credit scenes go, two very, very cool post-credit scenes. Um, I, I thought they were both worth what I was sticking around for. So Okay, let's let's talk about fandom, guys. We did this for Multiverse of Madness, and you think after Multiverse of Madness, people will listen to us because <laughs> we are the end all, end all of of of, of podcast, Ben. But now we have reached, and Zach and I were joking about this earlier. That Thor and Thor: Dark World are now just pretty damn good movies, guys. They are just terrific. And, because this one sucks. Yeah, because this one's just terrible. It's too much humor. Weren't you guys the same people who wanted Taika to come back to do more Thor? So I'm kind of confused. Zach, Ben, help me out here. Because there's a lot of places I want to go with this conversation. I don't want to rant for too long. But the fan base is really, like, I'm getting, I'm not totally at Star Wars level irritated yet. But the fan base is starting to really piss me off now. Like, I'm I'm really starting to have enough here. I know I probably said those exact same words, multiverse of madness, but I'm right. It's just, it's really getting irritable. So Ben, I'll let you go first because you've been kind of quiet for a while. New stuff is bad. The old stuff's better. You, you've heard it here first from Benjamin. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's always a double-edged sword, I guess. Is that how should you use it? Um, because there, yeah, like we said, there were some negatives here that we can agree on. Um, I guess, but I mean, still, a lot of time talking about that, right? <laughs> but I mean, we still, we still have fun with it. We still love the franchise, so it's not like, yeah. And, and you don't have to bring down one thing and push up another. And uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I maybe it's just the cool thing to to diss new stuff, <laughs> um, and especially with superhero movies because that's one of the biggest things in the world now. It, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm not even into it that much on Instagram, and then I don't even have a Twitter. Well, so you guys are <laughs> uh, into the fan reaction and criticism and stuff more than me. So honestly, so, man, is I like it's. I said this before. It's just a really small portion. It's just the negativity is so loud. That's what that, it, is. it really is. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just very loud. Like go to like both my showings, everybody was cracking up, laughing, loving the movie. Yeah. And you go on Instagram, everybody hates it. It's it's just a really small crowd. Um, within like the next year, I think people are gonna say that it's um a masterpiece and stuff. And um, yeah, I I just don't get it anymore. It's all this just nonsense. Let's run the clock back a couple years ago, guys. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, there. It's really been this weird trend then of phase four where we have seen just kind of the, I mean, at least I have talked about before I would have been okay with the MCU being done after Endgame and Far From Home being a nice little epilogue. I've said that many times before and I'll continue to say that. I have eaten my words because I've liked a lot of stuff we have gotten from phase four so far and I'm happy because I'm a big MCU fan, obviously, but I don't, I really don't like when people say this is the end of the MCU. What is, what does that mean? Well, what? Because we've had a couple of bad projects in the row. It's the end of the MCU now. 
Look at the MCU's track record. Now, here, y'all got to get a kick out of this one, all right? Multiverse of Madness has failed across a billion dollars. Ah, shit, that's it. It's over. The, 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 the failure, it's, it's, it has, it's upon us now. It's here. It has arrived. Finally, the MCU is done. It has come. Ben, Zach, the movie made over 930 million. This is a Dr. Fucking Strange movie making over 930 million dollars. And yet somehow that's deemed a failure. Somehow, some way that's deemed a failure. Sample number one. Sample number two. We want new stuff. They don't take enough risk. God damn it. I am so sick and tired of this bland black and gray Russo brothers shit. I want new stuff. Come on. Eternals. Multiverse of Madness. Thor Love and Thunder. Shit, even Shang-Chi to a degree. All right. And number three. Let's go back to Spider-Man No Way Home. Let's rewind the clock back a couple months ago, guys. Let's rewind the clock back to Christmas. Spider-Man No Way Home, beloved. Everyone loves it. Celebrating the return of the Spider-Man. Hail, yes. Hail to, hail to John Watts. Hail to McGuire, Garfield, Holland, uh, Defoe. Excellent. Home video release. Well, you know, it wasn't really all that good. It wasn't all that special. I watched it at home, and, you know, it... It's okay. Amazing Spider-Man 2 did some stuff better. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It's okay. You know, it's not bad. The fuck do you fans want? The fuck mid. do you guys want? <laughs> mid. It's, it's mid. It's a mid <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Not, 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 not enough states. Okay? Not, not enough. The fuck do you guys want? Seriously. I want to have an open forum. What the fuck do you guys want? I'm not gonna apologize for cursing today. I'm not. I usually do, Ben. I'm, I'm done. I'm done apologizing. The fuck? The, what, what do you guys want? Do you want new stuff, or do you want your soul, or do you want Infinity Saga stuff? What, 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 what? Please, please, DM us. Tell me what the hell do you guys want? Because it's really starting to be irritating. And Zach's right. It's not everybody. I'm not here calling out people. I could, but I'm not going to. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> You know who you are. You know damn well who you are, some of you. Shit. They just, they want something different, but with the Marvel formula. So, But not too much of the Marvel formula. Not no, no, not too much. But I want something different. Keep it like you similar. Said. Yeah. But keep the Marvel flair. But then make but the But not too much flair. Yeah. Yeah. Tone tone down some of the comedy, but then don't make it as action. Yeah. I mean, no, the I mean, jokes, like, jokes the dark are world. Good. You see what the dark world did so well here, guys? Put some of that in there. Put some of that serious stuff in here. And here's the other thing, too, okay? Here's the other thing. But wait, it's got to set up Avengers 5. Well, okay, so that's that's my thing, okay? I will say this. We were spoiled with Infinity War Endgame. We were definitely spoiled. And it's kind of hard to go from Infinity War Endgame to more solo level adventures i guess that part i will agree it's hard it took me a minute i mean we go from Endgame to wandavision and black widow that's that's tough that's 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 very tough to kind of now we granted we had two years but still that's that's that's, that's tough to kind of transition into but still we're getting new characters ben and zach we're getting we're getting these great adventures great i mean when we was a fantastic villain have we just forgotten what when who when we was a great fucking villain. Wanda has had one of the best arcs in the span of a year and a half. Same with Vision. Vision had a great arc in WandaVision. 
Kamala Khan, see what you want about Miss Marvel. That's a conversation for another day. But Kamala Khan is like a, a fan favorite for the next 48 hours, guys. And we're going to listen on Monday. Come Wednesday night, she might not be a fan favorite anymore. Well, you know, she was okay. But that's just going to be with Brie Larson. So Brie Larson's going to ruin her. So, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, Miss Mid. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Ben, you laugh, but you know that's coming. It, 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 it's going to happen. Zach knows We're, it. You know it. We all it's know rinse it. and repeat, man. It's the yeah. same thing every time. Every and single fucking time. And no one's gonna thing, be happy until we get yeah. Avengers 5. That's not even then. And people be like, it's not like Age of Ultron when that was spectacular and stuff. The thing that's gonna irritate me is if there's if these fans start like praising the DCEU more. Well, um our, uh Zach, I hate to break it to you, but uh soups has already done that today. Um, on Twitter, I don't know if you saw his tweet today, but he's like, uh, people are wondering uh, where Marvel, DC, or something is dominating. And Soups goes, Well, DC is already dominating this year or for the past for a while. And he brought up Suicide Squad and um, Harley Quinn and Bat- the Batman stuff and Snyder Cut. Guys, the Snyder Cut wasn't improving. Let's not let's not let's not pretend here that everyone loved the Snyder Cut because. To some people, it wasn't that much of an improvement. Not to me, it was. Shit, I love that. I love the fuck out of the movie. I love the Snyder Cut. But look, the MCU was fine. You guys are getting what you asked for at the after Endgame and Far From Home. You're getting these riskier projects. You're getting these more. Marvel really is delving deep into the comic lore now. And they're giving you, what guys, what you want. Now, don't bitch and complain come phase five if we start going back to some of the other stuff that you guys didn't like. And then you guys say... Well, man, shit, now that I look at that, think about it, Chloe's out of journal really wasn't all that bad, shit, man. Yeah, that was different, man. Can we go back to those days? No, we can't, because you ruined that shit for us, Timmy. Shit, I don't know. I, I, I Ben, Zach, I rest my case. I, the fans, I, I'm done. The more I talk about it, the more I just want to be done. Not with the MCU, Feige. No, no, I'm, I'm always here for you, Feige. I got your back. But the fans, I'm, I'm done. See, Zach took off his hat. Shit, it's over. It's done. So. Ben, Zach, any other comments before I before I uh, blow an aneurysm here? Shit, I'm 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 getting I'm getting frustrated. I concur. Spoken like a true philosopher. Thank you, Benjamin. I agree. God damn it, Zach. Okay, all right. <laughs> so down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say this. I want I want to ask you guys this as as a sincere question before I move on to like our closing thoughts. There is one thing I will sort of agree with with the fans, and that is Disney Plus has become a problem. Too much. I I am I am not feeling the fatigue or the burnout, but it's it's creeping in. It definitely is creeping in. That burnout is because it's just. And I think that we talked about that last week. Of we don't have time to go back and rewatch stuff now because it's just like ah oh, shit, we're done with this, and I'll look at that two weeks away from another project. Yeah, I, I mean I. August 17th. I mean, I shit. Then we got I am Groot one week before that. So I I know that's not considered canon or anything, but it's still MC related and people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I don't know what you do about Disney Plus, guys. I really don't. So I'd like to hear your guys' input. My, my thought process is let's go back to two movies a year and one big show a year um, and have that show be like nine, maybe even 10 episodes. Um, I'm not saying it needs to be Netflix Daredevil length of like 13 episodes. I actually think 13 might be a little too much. I think 10 up ep- nine, 10 episodes is perfect. But the other thing too is these episodes, this these six episode arcs need to, 
if you're only going to do six episodes, make them longer than 40 minutes. Make them an hour. Do a, pull, just do a stranger things. Make these an hour. I, but, you know, they don't have the budget for that. Now VFX artists are, are complaining and bitching. And they, but then they have, they, have, they have reasonable complaints, though, these VFX artists, because Marvel has these insane deadlines. So they have reasonable complaints. But I, 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 I just don't know. I, I feel like putting out five shows a year is not, is not the way they need to go with this. I think one big show a year and two movies is perfect. I'm ready to go back to 20 pre-phase three days of just two projects a year. I really am. I'm kind of, like I said, I'm not feeling the burnout. I'm not feeling the fatigue. I, I still love all the content we're getting, but it's just like, I need some time to let this content breathe and sit for a little bit. So um, before we close, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that before we, before we head on out of here. I'd like one or two shows, but yeah, definitely settled on having more episodes. Like you said, that nine or 10 and, and longer length to flesh out the story and not have a rushed last episode as often. Yeah. I, I still haven't caught up on moon Knight, and I'm waiting for Miss Marvel to finish. And then I got she Hulk to come up next month. So the shows are getting kind of out of hand uh, movie wise. I don't know. Movie, the movies have always been kind of over there. Like it just, I don't really see like the fatigue with the movies, to be honest, because I'm always used to like the three movies, three to four movies kind of already. It, I just, or just the three movies in general and then one extra one now. It's, I don't know. I don't feel the fatigue on the movies, but the shows in Disney Plus definitely and like the movies dropping so quickly on Disney Plus too. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have a problem with the movies, Zach. It's just like, it's like the, it's now it's movies and it shows. And that is just because now we're having these movies kind of, Intertwined with these shows where we have like last year we had black widow come out while loki was still running which was that was frustrating you know but if they could just not go side by side with the release dates i, I don't know something something's got to change and it's up to jpeg to save the day well we're doomed so you know i i don't know what to do but i, I hear what you're saying though zach because i, I the movies it, they've kind of gotten you us used to that three movies a year style, which I like kind of like one in February, one in May, and then one at the end of the year, which that's fine. If you're gonna do that, then just do one show a year. Don't give us WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, what if Hawkeye all in the same year. Don't do that. I feel like that's a lot. Because I feel like shit. I've Zach, so that honestly, I feel like I'm still recovering from WandaVision. I really, I really am. I'm, and I feel like I haven't even had a time to decompress Falcon Winter Soldier. So, I mean, I just rewatched Hawkeye a couple of weeks ago, like in full for the first time. And that was, I had a much better time watching it as a binge um, than as a weekly weekly series. I, I enjoyed it a lot more that second time around. So, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It really is. I don't, I don't know how they're going to fix it, but, and you guys mentioned it too, COVID definitely played a part into this because now they just have to release stuff to kind of get catch up with the calendar and everything too. Yeah, I think that's a big factor. Um, also, with like the Disney Plus shows, I think, um, I don't know, I just think it's just way too much sometimes now. Like you said, you're still recovering from WandaVision. Is like, I feel like Hawkeye was just like yesterday. Yeah, I haven't caught up on Moon Knight <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but honestly, if they did like take a hole and like do two shows a year, people will be complaining that there's not enough content now and the hype is gone. It, it's, just, there's, it's like a like a no win battle for this. Oh, well, yeah, they but, can't, they can't go backwards now. No, they can't do no. that. 
There's no, no way. There's no way in heaven they can. They they can't. No, because like you said, then Twitter's going to be an uproar. So yeah, they, they they can't go back. So but no. all that to say that this tangent I was on just to say the MCU is not done. It's not dying. I just think they need to change. There's something within the movies and the Disney Plus series. Something's got to change. But we'll see. Because I feel like Miss Marvel actually might be better as a movie as well than a TV series. My personal opinion. Um, and Thor just made 140 million. So what do we know? Yeah, yeah. But, oh, but you know, Zach, it didn't cross that 250 million dollar threshold. So it's kind of it's actually it's actually a bit of a failure. It's a flop. Yeah, it's, it's all a flop. flop. Only made 143 million dollars. Didn't make as much as Jurassic World Dominion. Come on now, that's a flop. Whatever. So yeah. There is my MCU tangent for these MCU spoiler reviews. Stay tuned next week for what hear what I have to say. Um, guys, as we close here, though, let's get back on a positive note. Zach, I'll start with you. Uh, final thoughts on 4-11 Thunder and kind of where this ranks in terms of phase four projects. If you want to include the shows, you can. And you just want to keep it to the movies, you can do that as well. But kind of where this ranks for you in terms of phase four so far. Uh, like I said, I love it more on the rewatch. Um, I got I got a showing tomorrow for it, so I'm really excited. Uh, I think this is a project that's going to continue to get more and more love for me personally uh, and just enjoying the vibe of it all. Uh, as a ranking, I think it definitely is the top five within like the shows and movies. Um, it just Eternals and Black Widow and Multiverse of Madness are just and WandaVision, I just love so much. So there's just so much content within this phase four that this one is going to be probably towards the middle. It just depends on rewatch and how much I go back to this one when it hits Disney Plus and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Overall, I did quite enjoy it. So I would put it kind of high middle tier, I guess, <laughs> uh, considering what we've got. Yeah, because some of the some of the so yeah, some of the shows haven't been as as memorable. I haven't wanted to go back and rewatch those, but with this, and of course, it's had more longevity in the franchise, uh, the characters that I would go back and watch it. Plus, it is a a good fun time. Uh, so I don't have an exact number for you, but <laughs> high high uh, middle tier, I guess. Overall, even, but probably maybe a little higher for Phase Four specifically. High mid tier. Yep. You really just can't help yourself, can you? You really, you really, you really can't. What's the What's the name for this one? Thor, Love and Thor, Mid, mid and Thunder, Love and Mid. I don't know. Love and Mid, Mid <laughs> and Thunder, mid, mid and Thunder. Yeah, I don't know. Mid Love and Thunder. Who knows? Zach's the president of the Mid Club, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, as far as I go, I have this ranked 14th in my MCU hierarchy kind of thing. I have I still have Eternals, No Way Home, WandaVision, Shang-Chi, Multiverse of Madison, Loki ahead of it. Uh, but this is still a very, very entertaining uh, movie. I was very satisfied walking out. I probably got two more screenings left in me for this one in particular, just because of, of its comedic nature. Um, so, Zach, maybe this will be the one MCU project you see more than I do. No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't let that happen. No, no, absolutely not. But uh, yeah, this is... <laughs> well, what is, what's tomorrow's action? Number three? Or is it four? Three. Oh, so you'll be talking to me after, after tomorrow. Okay. Shit, but I got a lot of catching up to do. How many times did you see Multiverse Madness? 
Funny you asked that because I was actually having a conversation with somebody on Instagram yesterday or two days ago, our buddy Luke at Pop Culture Talks, and he was asking me, or we're just kind of talking about how many times I've seen these Marvel movies, and, and in particular Phase Four. It's so I like went back in my Fandango and AMC. I don't know if I should reveal those numbers or not, <laughs> but uh, there there's a few Zach that I have seen quite a few times. I think Multiverse of Madness I've seen six times. So I've seen. Well just... Go, Go ahead. ahead. Uh, I said I've seen it seven times, but six times in theaters. Then you want to rag on me? Okay, all right. Now, all right, all right, all right, all right. Conversation for another day. Though. I'm not going to get into the numbers because then I might have to go away for a while. But anyway, um, guys, that's it. That's our Thor: Love and Thunder spoiler review. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, and if you didn't see Thor: Love and Thunder and stuck around anyway, we appreciate that. Thank you. I mean, you spoiled the movie for yourself, but. We're glad you stick around and listen anyway. Zach, where can the good people find you online when you're not simping, which isn't very rarely these days? Well, you can easily find that also on uh, my Instagram, <laughs> Zach Loves Everything, and on my letterbox is Zach TR. And Ben, where can the good people find us online? You can find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast. And please email us with your thoughts on Thor, Love, and Thunder where you want to see these characters go next. And if you got that cool popcorn Thor's hammer bucket, let us know how that's working for you. Uh, email us at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. It's rb like Rod Ben dot the infinity film podcast at gmail.com. All right. So for Zach, for myself and for Ben guys, thank you again for listening. Thank you for all the continued support. We'll see you guys again next week. And until next time, guys, we'll see you later. Eat my hammer.